welcome to the very first episode of The Observation Deck. My name's Noah. I'm Thomas. And we both live in southern Ontario. I'm a university student. And I'm the uneducated hick. Yes, Thomas, you certainly are that. Thank so, you. So, the goal of this podcast is going to be to sort of have Thomas and I discuss current news, current events, and other political topics. Which apparently people like that for some unforeseen uh, reason. Yes, it's, it's boggling to me. It doesn't make sense. But that being said, let's get into our first story, which, of course, speaking of mind-boggling, you... GMC? Yeah. Or GME, GME, sorry. GameStop stock. No doubt, if you're listening to this, you've heard of the ridiculousness that is Reddit bankrupting hedge funds because they decided to short-squeeze GameStop. So I, nor Thomas, are very familiar in economics to the point where I would be confident in us explaining everything in great detail the way an economist would, obviously. But we can still discuss the merits and the pros and cons and whether we think this is something that's ridiculous or something that's funny and something that's interesting. Well, something ridiculous obviously can be funny. And I think it's funny and it's perfectly legal and fine in every way. Yes. I would, they... agree. Yeah, I would entirely agree. It's, they haven't broken any laws. It's not like they're going around lying and saying, oh, this stock is worth a lot because that would be illegal. They're going around and saying, hey, we're going to screw over these hedge fund guys. We're going to... Pump up the price of the stock so that these hedge funds go bankrupt. And sure, that might not be overall great as a thing to do for every single every single week. But you know what? Once and once, it's not going to hurt anybody except the hedge fund guys who then, oh God forbid, will have to sell their Lamborghinis. To be honest, it goes beyond that though, because a short stock is you are counting on something to fail. Yeah, you're betting and against as, it. As a result, the idea that these hedge fund managers were sitting there and going, you know, we're, we're just trying to make a quick buck, which is fine, but that's what these people are doing. Exactly. But we're losing money. Well, you were planning on people losing money. Exactly. You can't say, you know, one thing, or you can't have it both ways. Well, for example, the, you've, you've, you've no doubt heard the story of the people who shorted the housing market back in 2007. Yeah. Right? Like before the big bubble burst. Uh, of course. And sent us into the, the recession. Yep. That wasn't immoral of them. Nobody no. judged them, and I think fair enough. If you're going to short a stock, that's your prerogative, right? They saw an opening, they saw an economic inevitability, and they took it. Exactly. But then again, they also, it's their job to calculate the risk. And the risk of a short is, of course, what if the stock's price goes up? And Reddit realized that, and then they just made a bunch of money for lots of regular people, which I think is not bad. They, they basically caused the uh, an Ouroboros... Mm -hmm. of stock price because once they started raising the price mm -hmm. up it went and therefore they had to and buy it people had to buy more and so up it went again which is which is astounding to me because i believe last i checked it was sitting prices about 200 to share still it yeah. opened it opened today on at about 300 ish i think it was 315 is what it opened uh, at i haven't been paying attention too closely to it yeah well it, op it opened around there and it's dropped significantly which the sad thing about the markets is that they're closed on the weekends, which means, naturally, because this is an interest in internet thing, people are going to lose interest. But, you know what? It's still sitting relatively strong because these hedge funds have had been have been forced to, to buy shares, and that just doesn't go away overnight. Yep. Now, I do think that does lead into a bit more of the, the argument of whether or not the process of shorting a stock needs some revision. Because basically how it works, as I said before, I'm not an economist, neither is Thomas, but basically how it works is you borrow a stock from somebody with interest, you sell the stock at what it's currently valued, and you wait the term that you agree to, hypothetically, let's say a month, 
and then in a month you give the you buy back a stock and give it back to the person and pay them their interest. This makes you money if the stock's price goes down because you get a bunch of stock for free at the beginning, virtually speaking. You sell it, wait for the price to go down, buy it back at half price, for example. You keep pocket the change and then return the stocks. Right? So there's it's it's such a weird process where you're buying stuff that somebody else you're not even buying it actually. You're just, you're saying you have it, selling it, and then buying it from someone later on. Yeah, it's, it's in effect someone else selling their stocks and giving you the money for you to give them your stock, the stock back later. It's it's such an odd process. and I, don't I will think say it, it has... is an odd process, but then how do you have a counteraction for growth? Like, how do you counteract the market's growth? Exactly, that's the problem as well, is that, you know, there should be a way to... Bet against something. Bet against the market, right? Like, those people who were able to tell, you know, there's a housing bubble, they got rewarded for, for their... For being able to go out on a limb and short the stock, right? They got really rich for it. But I don't know. There's no other clean way of doing a bet against the market kind of thing. It's just such an odd process because in every other thing, when you want to bet against something or hope that something else does worse, you don't borrow someone else's stuff. It's so weird because in every other aspect of borrowing stuff, you never get it for free and get to sell it and then take the difference to give it back. It's such a, just an odd process. The other thing is, is that there's, uh, whereas in some areas, like you can say, okay, I think video games are going to do bad, so I'm going to invest in, say, TV and print. Yeah, you, you can do that, and that can work, but then if you are expecting a single stock to just do poorly, like GameStop, it is an economic inevitability that GameStop will die. Sorry, but more people prefer to buy on Amazon, and... Yeah, more people are buying digital, more people are buying, like... Through other digital and, and through home delivery. Exactly. Especially, Especially during the pandemic. Yeah, during this pandemic, of course. like People aren't just going out and going to stores. Especially not in Canada where most of everything's still shut down. Or with curbside. Well, yeah, that's true. But still, the, that business model has been dying. And I don't think it's GameStop's benefit here. I don't think GameStop actually matters. It's the fact that it's just... It was a, it was a company that lots of internet people on reddit and me playing i play lots of video games so i of course have connections to to those video game stores that i used to go in as a kid and see oh look at all the cool stuff but at the end of the tag back yeah but at the end of the yeah exactly it was a you're doing this thing that we don't like and we think is really stupid and we're going to get back at you with this and fair play they were perfectly upfront with what they did from the start honestly the more hedge funds that crash and burn the better Uh... well I can understand you saying that, but at the same time, I'm of the opinion that no one should really lose their job. And yeah. I, I do say I do say that, and I do realize well, they are millionaires. And I, if I anyone have... could lose their job, and I would not lose sleep at night, it would be people who have eight to nine figure salaries. To me, to who pe- would be able to simply sell one of their five yachts and never have to work a day in their life if they didn't want to. The problem is that's only the people at the very top. Of the yeah, that that is true. There, there are a lot of the people that are being laid off right now. Maybe only have uh, make six figures, seven, well, five figures. If mid, you if you mid make to that. high five figures, yeah, yeah you're, that is true. And so, as a result, these people lost. I will say I'm not too entire because the reason I'm not losing sleep over it is this: these people made a bet that people were going to lose their jobs and that something was going bad was going to happen to AMC. Exactly. They were going to shut down. Things were going yeah, to things happen. Yeah, things were going to happen bad at GameStop. Things were going to Therefore, happen. Therefore, yeah. if you are going into a bet, betting that people are going to lose money, lose their job, lose their income and whatnot else, you cannot turn around and cry baby and go to mommy government and say, Mommy, 
They'd it's be bad fan. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. When you were playing the exact same game, yeah. and but at least, rules reversed. And this brings us to another topic, which is the last week about Robin Hood. The, the, oh, the trading oh, app oh, oh don't get me started on Robin yeah. Hood. So for those who have been living under a rock, the this trading app called Robin Hood, they decided to stop their users from being able to buy shares of GameStop. But they allowed you to still sell it. Which is odd to me, because if the whole goal is to protect your investors... Why would you not want to let them invest in something? Or more, or moreover, stop a via, stop because you think there is fraud in the market. Yeah, why not? So you'd stop all, and that's also something the market itself would do. That is something. Yeah, that's something New York stock, the New York stock, stock exchange, exchange would do, right? or the Toronto Stock Exchange. The TSX. Here. Well, GameStop isn't <laughs> traded through TSX; it's only done well, through yeah. NYSE. You'd have but, to. Yeah, this is much more economical than our podcasts typically will be. Obviously. But, I do want to talk about one thing, and this does get to a little more, a, a bit more political and power based. Is that you've probably seen the one of the major stakeholders of Robinhood, the company that has the app, of course, is a is a fin- financial group called Citadel, and which are the people they who were major investors out. in so Melvin the Capital, fund. the hedge fund, the hedge fund, exactly. Now, one thing I will say about hedge funds, which is why I won't lose sleep at night when a hedge fund goes under. Is that you know what? Ultimately, these hedge funds in the past have faced very little to no ri- real risk. Yeah, fair and enough. That's I wouldn't care if it was because they're being it's a little guy who's just being smart, or if it's like a group of people who are like, oh, we're gonna be better than the system, and we're gonna find exploit a inherent problem in the system. It's that every time something gets hard, the government will bail them out. Yep, we saw this, of course, in two thousand eight, when of course the the government bailed out all the big banks and bailed out the automakers and did everything. And I will say to Canada's credit. We didn't really have much of a choice once America decided to do it. Yeah. Because, and I think I listened to a podcast with Stephen Harper on it, where he basically was asked the question, why did you bail out the automakers? And his response was, basically, if I didn't bail out the automakers in Canada, they would all have moved south of the border. And I think, you know what, that's, as much as I disagree with the decision, I do understand why that decision was made. And I do think there are logical reasons for making that decision. Well, it comes down to... Is the decision, well, it's kind of like uh, a necessary evil. Almost. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you can disagree with it or you can agree with it either way, but it was made with logic behind it. It wasn't some... Now, that said, the bailing out of the big banks in the States, I think, was was a terrible thing that was done. And I... Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter too much... Because, luckily, we live in Canada. The economic crisis wasn't as bad in Canada, I feel like. I feel like, from my memories, know. Of, my, memories of, my memories of 2008 were much better than, from what I could tell, Most everyone else's were. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yes, running out in the fields, picking dandelions. Yes. What a time to be alive. What, what a time, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I do think, though, that, like I said, these hedge funds, it, they don't really face risk because they can just claim that, oh, we're too big to fail, government needs to bail us out, otherwise oh, so many people lose their jobs. Yep. And I think that that practice is an- fundamentally anti-free market. Yes. Because if you're not going to let people pay for the mistakes they make, then it's not really a free market, is it? No, it's not. I've always been someone who says, I I believe we should have regulations in the market and not have it totally free. But that's also because I don't like the prospect that some Joe Blow idiot with a trillion dollars can show up and absolutely, completely wreck it and steer it however he wishes. Yes, that is but true. But I will say... If you are someone who, when the markets are bull, claims we need a free market, I want to make more and more and more money, you can't. and then makes a dumb decision and loses all his money, 
You cannot turn around and, again, go cry to mommy. You have no right to. Exactly. You wanted the game. We played the game. You lost. I'm sorry, pal. It's the classic tale of when, whenever someone gets a, gets granted a genie and they make a wish and then it's not what they wanted. And they're like, oh, why'd you do this to me? It's like, well, you asked for it. This is exactly... And in fairness, I do think that, you know what? The market is free. We live in a free market economy. You're free to invest however you want. Within reason, of course. Yeah. You're, you're free to invest in the companies you think will do well. And you're free to bet against the companies you don't think will do well. But these companies that are going around and sort of shadily dealing in the shadows to try to get quote-unquote ordinary people to stop costing them money, I think is a little indicative of how little risk these hedge funds have faked in the past. Indeed, and I think, I'm hoping at least, this class action lawsuit, as well as the charges that will come after it, because there are there, charges oh, coming. The government's going to be invested. The United States government is going to be investigating yeah. for sure. I hope this class action lawsuit is enough that whatever the companies get fined, it will prove to be more than just a slap on the wrist of them that, hey, uh, the government might say you can do this. Exactly. And if the if if the class action lawsuit comes back and it is a massive fine, because in fairness, you know, you look at how much it spiked right after they oh, reopened yeah. and allowed it. I think it was like back on like Friday or Thursday, it was like up to $410 a share for like a brief moment. Like, there is an argument to be made. Not sure how good this argument would hold up in court, but there's an argument to be made that Robinhood actually cost their people, the people who who yep. use their app, money because yep. if they would have were to be able to invest at the time, they, they would have made, made money. More money, exactly. Yes. And that's not Robinhood's place to tell people how to invest. It's not even the stock market closes its uh, stock for two reasons: mm -hmm. fraud, or there's the complete jettison of if it drops below twenty percent in a day. Yeah. It completely shuts down to avoid, you know, 1920s. Yeah, that's, yeah or, exactly. Sorry, 1929. To, uh, yeah, to avoid everyone being like, oh, no, the stocks are going down. Let me pull my money out of the stock market. And then that just makes it go down faster. I, for one, can't wait to see how the situation plays out. Because I think now, at least the guys on Wall Street have to be worried about not like, only large that, groups of people. But this is the first thing that I think I've ever seen Ted Cruz and the majority... Oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. The majority of the Republican government... And the majority of the Democratic yeah, government the and the regular voters agree on something. Exactly. I saw this amazing tweet where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a very left-leaning congr congresswoman from if the United States. you don't States, know how left-leaning she is, she's very, under what rock are you to, living, Noah? Yeah, I know. <laughs> to, be to be nice, I disagree with her on almost everything she says. But to be nice, I will, I will say she's very progressive, is I think the label she would use for herself. And Ted Cruz, obviously very staunch Republican very bright leaning on every virtually every issue this is the only thing i think they will ever agree on she tweeted out something to the effect of robin hood is not good and there should be investigations and ted cruz was like i agree in 100 percent." and it's like good finally something to unify people common ground exactly i'm going to pull up this elizabeth warren tweet see if i can find it but it was so bad I, it was I don't so know. famously bad she was actually tweeting in favor of Robin Hood? Of, and the, of, the, of, the, of the, yeah, exactly. Are of the you fucking I'll see if I can, stupid? Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. it probably a little right. bit far back here. All right, I've got it here. So here's what it says, Thomas. Ready for this? 
Casino-like swings in stock prices of GameStop reflect wild levels of speculation that don't help GameStop's workers or customers and could lead to market instability. Today, I told the SEC to explain what exactly it's doing to prevent market manipulation. Okay, first of all, let's, let's talk about the beginning here. She's equating the stock market to a gambling, which I am completely okay with, because it is. I, 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 hate, I hate to say it. I don't like to say that. I disagree. But the stock market is very much so a gamble. I th okay, if you want to say that it's gambling in the sense that you're risking money, I agree with you. You are risking putting your own money out there to make more. But I don't think it's gambling in the sense that it's chance. It's not completely random. There are well, people who make billions of dollars well, by reading the market and figuring out the trends. For example... What the market is is a reflection of the day-to-day -day transactions between everyone mm -hmm. on a macro scale. Yes. As a result, if... Say I just so happen to buy McDonald's today, and then a bunch of people discover that McDonald's uh, gets its meat from orphanages and not slaughterhouses. Yes. You know, a bunch of people are probably going to stop buying McDonald's. It probably was a lot of value. Or, so, or conversely, if you want to look at an uptick. What are the chances of that happening? Low, Yes, but, but not impossible. True. You always have random chance, no matter how hard well, you try. Yeah, but that's just life. But that's, just because there is some element of randomness doesn't necessarily mean that it's... Everything's that it's a gamble. inherently random and that it's only random. But everything's a gamble when you get down to it. Any Most people could tell back in March. Back in March and April. Of course, obviously everyone knew things were going to recover, for starters, which is why the market hasn't completely tanked the way it did in 2008. Yeah, yeah. But instead, um, what I want to draw our focus to about the whole gambling is Tesla. The Tesla stock, most people knew, or at least lots of well-informed people, could tell that Tesla stock was going to go up because they were expanding their technology enterprise. And most people could tell that Amazon's Amazon stock was going to go up when the pandemic hit and people realized, hey, we need stuff that ships door-to-door -door and not just to a store where everyone has to go and get it. And of course, look at those two stocks. Like You, were, you could have made that decision back in March or April to invest in those stocks and that was a choice that you would make and it wasn't random, right? It's not like you spin a wheel to figure out what stock you're going to invest in. No, but it is always random because you never know... That is someone... Seeing the wheel spin and in a crown of and a crown of anchor, mm -hmm. crown and anchor, not crown of anchor. Yeah. Board, you always watch the wheel going round, because obviously, no crown and anchor board is going to be made the same. They're not a hundred percent even on all sides. Mm -hmm. There are slight deformations in it that can cause it to land on some areas more than others. Yes. But there's still a spin of the wheel. True. What you were saying is someone's making a rational decision. You're right. That was a rational decision. But what if everyone in America decided to be very unrational? You mean irrational? Well, that sorry, too. To, sorry to be a, a grammar Nazi, but... Uh, well, you know, <laughs> springtime for Hitler. Yes. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes, but... Where were we? Right, the, the gambling analogy. So the issue that I have, though, is that when you go to a casino, for example... There isn't information that you can make your decision on. Yes, there well, is. Okay, there isn't value. If I'm playing blackjack, I can count cards. The casino won't like that, and they'll throw me out. Well, but I can that's fair. do it. The goal, the the goal, the casino's goal is to make it entirely random with a yes. slight bias towards the casino. That's why you don't go to casinos? That's why you play home games because then everyone counts cards. Yeah, exactly. You're rewarded and it's for more being about smart. Skill than random chance. Yeah, exactly. But for to use your crown and anchor board, for example, the only information you have is. There's some red, some black, two zeros. 
right? No, that's a Russian roulette. Oh, that's court. a roulette. A no, that's, that's not Russian roulette. That's a regular roulette. Sorry, a regular roulette. That, that would be an interesting <laughs> gambler's game, that's for sure. No, a crown and anchor, you have a bunch of different symbols. A crown, an anchor, I think a horseshoe. Oh, rope. yes, I know what you're talking about. And right. it's the chance of which ones come up. Yeah, well... You can bet, you know, like, will three crowns come up? Will three horseshoes? Will two horseshoes, exactly. one crown? But goes on. you don't... You aren't able to analyze that and analyze the specific structure of the deck to figure out it's more likely to be this. It's more likely to be that. Or, hey, I, for example, to use the real world analogy of Tesla, I'm looking at what Tesla's doing. I like this. I personally want to invest in this because I think this is going somewhere. I'm going to invest in it. That's not random chance. By chance, have you ever played Rummy? No, I have not. Well, in Rummy, very basically, you have a card up and you can either pick up that card or you can pick up a card from the deck mm -hmm. so you can pick up what i can pick up what you discard yes i cannot tell you the amount of times i have been granted a free run or a free book from the person sitting next to me because they're just throwing away mm -hmm. i played it smart i noticed they were throwing away all their spades so i started picking up spades mm -hmm. because i they would eventually feed me i made a smart decision but it was still a gamble Sure. A smart decision doesn't mean there isn't a gamble, and in everything there is a gamble, which is why I think yes, the oh, stock market is. I, we will gambling. agree there. I do think there is some element of randomness there, but I don't think it's as Elizabeth Warren described it, casino like. It's not like well, you're walking obviously, into. That's just, why I said. Let me pick a random stock. I'll throw a thousand dollars on it. See if I'm a millionaire tomorrow. You know. So you kind of missed the point of what I said. I said, I, I understand where she's coming from in calling it a gamble, but I'd say it's more a gamble than a casino. Yeah, it's more. I would say it's more of you're taking in at your. You're taking an educated guess. Yes. It's not in... Yeah. The reason I find issue with that is because she has this notion that the stock market is just entirely off the chains, which it just... Anyone it who's financially literate will tell you it isn't. Yes. It's... it's There are people who read this. There are clear market trends. For example, home video dying and streaming taking over, as mm -hmm. well as the rise of big tech corporations such as like Amazon and Tesla. Yeah. So, yeah. I Though I do think the solution here is not more regulation on the part of, on the part of market manipulation, because... Are you seriously going to tell people well, that you can't text over Reddit to coordinate, hey, let's all buy a bunch of this stock and, and bring the also, price up? And also, what is market manipulation? Because, as exactly. I say, the market is just an interconnectivity of what a peop of people's transactions that day. Exactly. If a bunch of people just decide, I don't want to go to McDonald's today, McDonald's price plummets. Yeah, McDonald's doesn't make as much money. Or, or would you classify market manipulation as a hedge fund with billions and billions of dollars of funding saying, hey, we're going to short this stock that's already on a downturn and we're going to send it even further down, so we'll make more money. Is that not also market manipulation? manipulations? Exactly. You have to be... You I'm have all, to be fair. I'm all for if you want to quell manipulating the markets, whatever that means. I think most people think that that sounds good, but you need to have a rigid and well-defined idea of what market manipulation exactly. is exactly. in the first place. Exactly. So, I think to sum up this story in particular, good job, Reddit. Nice job. You really showed those hedge funds how to game the system, I guess, in a word. Right? <clears throat> sure, why not? Yeah. I hope that... What, what is it that they're saying? Hold the line, right? Telling everyone, don't sell. Keep holding. Hold on the mooring line! Hold the line, exactly. The, from Lord of the Rings, right? Aragon? Sure, why not? Yeah. I, I, I do wonder what Reddit will do in the future, because now I think Wall Street Bets realizes they have the power to just make people a bunch of money, and critically, to cause billion-dollar hedge funds to... Shit bricks. Shit bricks, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, 
let's move on to our next story that I personally wanted to cover, which is this the is the O'Toole thing. Yes, the O'Toole ah. thing. This is this is a bit of old news, I'm sure, because this happened about a week ago. I know. Give or take. Wow. Late to the party on exactly. our first podcast. Remember when news news cycles used to be a week and not like an hour? I miss the old days. I miss of the print. days in 2012 when basically the news was something your parents watched and that you didn't have to care about. Yeah. Granted, that was probably because I was 12. Yes. But I've always been taken into into current events. So, anyways, so what happened was Derek Sloan, who was a he ran for the leadership race for the Canadian Conservative Party, the Conservative Party of Canada, the Federal Party specifically, and he was recently kicked out of the Conservative Caucus. So, in effect, it's basically being kicked out of the party um, by a vote. And the leader, Aaron O'Toole, who was just elected a few months ago, if I'm not wrong, like seven seven months ago, eight months ago, I believe, he kicked out. He voted to kick out Derek Sloan, saying that, in effect, that. He was racist. Now, allow me to provide a little backstory for those who haven't heard the story. Unaware. Because this, in fairness, was not a very big story, although I think it should have been much bigger. So, Derek Sloan received, I believe, $131 in a donation from someone who is a white nationalist slash neo-Nazi. I'm sure there are lots of labels equally Neo-Nazi? Yes. Alright. I'm sure there are lots of equally despicable labels you could apply to this person. Who goes by the name of uh, Paul Frum? I, I believe do was his not name. know. That, yeah, that was his name. Yep, Paul Frum, two M's. He donated that money. Derek Sloan's campaign missed it that it was him. It came out, and then the conservatives decided to kick him out. Um, to Sloan's credit, and I think he does deserve quite a lot of credit here. He returned the money. He explained that this guy used not his well-known name. He he goes. He's one of the people in public who go by their middle name instead of their first name. So. His middle name is Paul, so he went by his first name. I can't remember off the top of my head what his first name actually is. But it's like he was trying to hide the fact that it was him. Yep. And as soon as Derek Sloan found out, he returned the money. But he was kicked out anyways. Now, I this does not sound like a big story. It's just someone who got kicked out. But I think it says something about the de- what we consider to be a offense in the public sphere. Yeah, and also, the reason I think it sounds like that is because the Conservative Party has a habit of turning on themselves the second something bad comes out. Yes. I mean, just look at Sheer. He got the short stick. He lost one election and got absolutely... Yeah, I, and I quite like Sheer. I think I do think Sheer was a bit spineless. I think spineless, is a, yeah, is a word. Fair. I don't mean to use that derogatorily, like it's a bad thing. Well, because sometimes he, came to the table, he came to the table with big chips and yet folded on every hand. Exactly. He, he didn't have the... Yeah, he didn't have the the, the the spine to stand up to the liberals. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, Aaron O'Toole is the exact same. Because I can see a world in which this was a decision that he made, talking to his advisor, where his advisor said, if the Liberal Party finds out that a member of our party received a $130, any donation whatsoever from someone who was associated with a neo-Nazi or a white nationalist or white supremacist, then we need to cut ties with that person because the Liberal Party will break us over the coals. And I can see that being a fair assessment because the Liberal Party tends to do that while also turning a blind eye to their own problems. Oh, yes. Let's not forget uh, the Trudeau... The first black prime minister, as I call him. You know, it's funny. The first time I heard about that story with Trudeau, I was like, okay, you know, it was one time. 
he was going for a thing. He was it, getting and then, and then, and then it happened. And then, it, and then more photos came out. I was like, oh god, oh god, what are you doing, man? Yeah, Why? Exactly. So I, I do think that O'Toole probably made the decision to, you know what, it's not worth the controversy. Yep. But I think that that fundamentally cuts against what it means to be conservative. It also cuts against having a spine. The very same thing that <laughs> exactly. lost sheer everything. Well, the thing that. Me, that grinds my gears about this the most is that he put out an ad back in I believe like August defending Sloan defending him saying you know what the, the conservative party is a place for social conservatives and I think that that was a good thing that he did I see unlike most people who are blindly loyal to politicians I will give credit and I will attack in the same breath when it's warranted right like you know what standing up for standing up for Sloan standing up for social conservatives because social conservatives aren't bad people was good I, I'm wholeheartedly the same way. I mean, I was one of those people that said, Trump is a f- complete and total idiot. Yeah, and he, but, he is. But I think he may possibly stir the America in the right direction. And he did, sort of, for and, like and, a and year. He did for, he did for like, a, until the last like four months of his presidency. He was pretty good. I'd say the, uh, I mean, let's be serious here, the coronavirus... Yeah, a lot of lot of disinformation spouted out by him. Yeah, not gonna lie. I don't. I don't necessarily agree. I think that he was more concerned with people's freedoms rather than the government. I will say to his credit, and that's something that the Canadian government hasn't done very well is that is balancing the role that government should play. It's how much should the government crack down on people for this for the for the good of public safety. Yeah. Right. That's fair. I guess. Um, and I think that him basically leaving it up to the states to determine each individual approach was a good idea because California, for example, doesn't need the measures that um, California does not need the same measures that a small state like Iowa needs. I think you have that backwards. Well, no, I mean Iowa doesn't need. No, I'm, it, it works both ways. Ways, right? Like California isn't going to be okay if you just open everything up. Yeah. Okay. Like, fair enough. Like, just basically shoot a shotgun at a list of stores and say, "Ah, you guys can all open." Mm-hmm. But in the yeah, in the exact same breath, you're right. Harsh lockdowns to the point where even outdoor dining was banned in Iowa or like North Dakota. Like that's not that doesn't do good. North Dakota is that the state that its most famous resident is hostile winds? Yes, you are correct. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna say because no, I know that, Wyoming. There isn't a state there. I was gonna say no, no, no. That's Arizona, but no, Arizona is about the blistering heat. Yes. Yeah. Arizona is hello, welcome to the surface of the sun. Exactly. Pleasure to have you here. Yes, exactly. But I think one of the criticisms that Aaron O'Toole received was like, and it was a criticism that people who were more socially conservative levied is that we don't want another uh, blue liberal, which is in a, or a red conservative, you know, yeah. which is I would say. That was a complaint that was levied at Sheer as well, is that he was more, he was a bit too, he was too moderate on a few issues, like he was too close to the center or liberal. And you know what? Fair enough. But I think that might be necessary to show people that, you know what? The right isn't bad. Because the liberals have very much, I say liberals, the left, there a, a large number of people who are on the left have tried to make a claim that you are a bad person if you are on the political right. And I don't disagree. I don't. I don't. I completely disagree with that. You know, like you can be on either side of the political spectrum and be a good person. I mean, obviously, you can have communists, Stalinists, mm. Maoists. Uh, Thomas, we're talking about good people here, not communists. That's what I was saying. But you can also have on the other side Benito Mussolini. 
Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Exactly. And what's his name? The emperor from that time period. And pick an emperor. Oh, uh, uh, oh, Mao Oh, oh, here, oh, Japan. I said yes. Maoists. Oh, Maoists, Maoists are like communists. You're right. You're right. You. Yes. Now to because the CCP says we're not communist. We're communists with Chinese characteristics. Ah, yes. So very different. Of course. Democratic People's Republic of North Korea. Very democratic. Very people. I mean, I don't know, man. When you're burying more people than you're breeding, uh, yeah, you're right. So, the thing that I'm most worried about O'Toole is that he will govern basically like a liberal with slight conservative tendencies, you know? And I, I don't know. Maybe that is what the Canadian people want. Maybe that's what's most electable. Who knows? We'll see in the next election. But to be honest, I can't see Trudeau losing the next election to O'Toole. I... I don't know, man, because I, I don't like O'Toole. I don't like the Conservative Party. I don't like the Liberals. I don't like the NDP. I can't vote Green. I would sooner shoot myself, because whilst I do agree with their policies on being Green, I absolutely despise the rest of their politics. It's absolutely yeah, disgusting. Exactly. And I will say, so, as someone who... I'll be honest, I voted Conservative in the last election, right? So I think... I didn't well, vote. In the last provincial election, at least. I wasn't old enough. I wasn't old enough for the last federal election. I was off by like a week and or two I weeks, passed. and I was so mad. <laughs> but I, in the last provincial election, I voted conservative, and I had I still I think I still do plan to vote conservative in the next federal election, simply because at a local level, at least, I'm I like the conservative who's been who's, who's been running. Fair enough. Um, Stephen Woodworth. Yeah, I. But on a federal level, as far as the leader goes, like, I don't want someone who's just going to be afraid of the liberals forever. Yep. And one thing that I, I realized is that this sort of says something about the issue of a leadership race versus a general election. Is that if you run, if you, obviously you're going to look to your own party members to determine who they want to be the next leader. Yeah. But the issue with that, and it's definitely an issue more so in the states than it is here, is that you'll see in... You saw this in the Republican primaries in 2015 and 16. You saw this in the Democrat primaries in 2019 and 2020. I mean, in 2016, too. Well, no, because, I don't know. Hillary Clinton's Think about the Bernie Bros. didn't completely shift. Oh, no, the Bernie Bros. still would have been very left-wing. Oh, obviously. But, like, what but... you see is people pandering to the so- to their side. Yep. And then liberals... turning around and trying to pander to everyone. Exactly. Liberals pander to the liberals, and the conservatives pander to the conservatives. Which, you know, fair enough. But then, in a general election, they suddenly try to be the centrists. Yep. Which, if you run on that platform, fair enough if you've run on that from the beginning. But, at the end of the day, I want to know who I'm voting for. I don't want to hear someone in the conservative... Jefferson has beliefs. Burr has none. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't want to have the person who I'm going to be voting for promise me lots of right-wing economic policies... Like lower taxes, lower spending, and all that, and then is run on in the general election as someone who's going to be more for government programs and more for this. And it's like, even if you're just saying that, you're not going to do it. I think you should stick to your. You need to run on what you're going to say. Yes. Like you need to you need to say what you're going to run on and mean it. I don't think. I don't think this, and I, it's going to get worse as politics gets more polarized. And unfortunately, it just seems like it's going to continue. Like, the right's going to go further to the right, and the left's going to go further to the left. And That's what it seems, and it's unfortunate, because, quite honestly... because everything is online now, and online, especially on yeah, you get to the choose. accursed site. Um, yes. 
<laughs> You'll have to be Everything's more boiled down to 140 first. characters. Exactly. And in that... You... 280. Oh, it's now 280. Well, they, they bumped it up like three years ago, Thomas. Oh, well, wow. Talk about under a rock. Well, I mean, you know, I don't use the, the twatter. Yeah, I, I wish I could get off Twitter. It's just... It, that's the place where everything breaks. Like, news breaks yeah. now. It's not so much that you hear about it on nightly news, because <laughs> who watches cable news anymore? But... Jeez, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no choice. My mother watches it. <sighs> I, would, I would rather close my eyes and just die than watch cable news at this point. And when CB24 is on and I come upstairs to walk my dog, I kind of have no choice. Yeah, that's fair. But, like... So, yeah, Twitter is where all the news breaks. And you're right, it's when you, I think the issue is that you get to choose, well, not an issue, but online you get to choose who you interact with and what you see. I mean, that's true in real life. Yes, but I think you get to choose far more specifically online. Of, well, it's I'm more going so to online. join all these right-wing groups, I'm going to join all these left-wing groups, and you just sort of become enveloped in this echo well, chamber, it's, and it's much harder I, to do that in real life. The other thing is that you also have to remember, say, on YouTube, you might go on for Discord and whatnot else and talk about people on Twitter and use it sort of like Discord, a messaging app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, on, say, YouTube or Facebook, they're going to know, okay, this guy's a conservative, this guy's a liberal, so let's show him things he's going to want to watch. Yeah, fair Or enough. things that You're are right. going to make him angry. And there's a reason for that. And well, it's because it's funny. anger I, is the most protective. Have you seen, I remember productive. seeing this thing a couple years ago. It's like... If you YouTube and you search for liberal videos, it shows you in your recommendations more liberal videos. Yep. But if you're if you like look up right wing videos and stuff like such, it shows you also liberal videos. Tends and I to. think, quite honestly, the healthiest thing is to show people a balance of both. You know, you should recommend. Yeah, but that's not what they're for. The algorithm wants to keep you on the site as long as possible. Exactly. And it's more about what you'll click on, and more people would rather sit in an echo chamber than actually challenge their beliefs. And I mean, I'll be honest. Look at a like, Jehovah's Witness. You invite them into your house, you can talk to them until your head turns blue, but the second they don't, but after a while, they'll think, the second they think, I should say sorry, that we aren't going to convert you, they'll just up and leave. Yeah. Because they're fine to debate you as long as they think there's a stake in it for them to win. Well, I think in... In good faith debates, both parties Obviously. should be prepared to admit, you know, Obviously. you're right. And I think, to our to both of our credit, we, we whenever you and I debate, we often have that as a standard. You know what? If, like, I will admit, that's a good argument. Yep. You will admit to me when I make a good argument as well, you know? And that just doesn't exist, and discussion isn't had. And yep. I don't know. It's unfortunate. And I think that I don't think O'Toole is going to be the one to fix that. Uh, At least can't. in Canada. He can't. He's... <laughs> he... I think a worm may have more spine than him. Uh, well, I mean, equal amounts, sure. Well, no, because a, a worm at least has an exoskeleton. Does it, does it actually? Yes. I, well, I, I don't think... I wouldn't count an exoskeleton as a spine. No, but I'd, it still gives you more rigidity. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see how he is, because I know sheer... To Shear's credit, and to the, the people in his party's credit that supported him, um, he... Question period is such a hard thing, because it's basically everyone's chance to grandstand about everything. But to his credit, I do think that Shear's attacks on Trudeau were much, much better than Trudeau's attacks, counterattacks, you know? Yeah, but to be fair, Shear kind of was dealt in a very good hand, and again, he flubbed what, it. Because people don't like Trudeau. Right? Well, at the time, there were a lot of things to not like about Trudeau. I mean, wasting money on a giant rubber duck? 
that floats around. Oh, yeah. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Make it the next uh, the the Canadian duck? Yeah, the, we'll, the Canadian we'll duck of flight. Troy. We'll take down the maple leaf and put up the duck. There no, I was I was talking more like a, a oh, like the Trojan horse. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Smart. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, hey, bud. Sorry, there. Uh, just left this rubber duck for you, bud. <laughs> All right, thanks, America. Take good care of it. <clears throat> All See right, you later gents. For some brewskis, eh? All right, gents. We're inside the belly of the beast now. They've got the puck. Let's go. <laughs> break your femurs. Break them. Yep. Like. Oh God! Could you imagine if that? If, could you imagine during the War of eighteen twelve if that's how they got into the White House? Just a giant rubber duck <laughs> just being carried into the White House, like oh, the Canadians—they surrendered. This right, they surrendered. They're giving us a giant rubber duck. Oh well, look at that! Wow. And then boom, out comes the hockey players, and everyone just gets body checked. God, that would be great. But yeah, just, I think just the British sitting on the shore. Look at those barbarians. Actually, I think this will this serves as quite a good segue into our next topic about oh. not liking Trudeau, because <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about in current events is the. I'm trying to find the nice word for it, but oh, I think absolute finished ideas. The podcast. Yeah, exactly. I think the 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 word for it would be train wreck of a program that Trudeau has had oh. for vac for vaccine rollout. And I if you want to been... talk about being spineless, I think that Trudeau is. Number one on the list. I'm not entirely sure. I honestly haven't been... I don't keep up with a lot of news. I mostly keep my nose to the grindstone when I'm working and then when I'm off. So yeah. I just go about my business and yeah. I don't pay too much mind to it. Exactly. But from what I understand or from what I heard is he made purchases for yeah. um, a number of vaccines. Mm -hmm. And then at least for the Pfizer vaccine, they were outputting less for... Uh, their European factory, which, which is was the, what, production, the center. production center for us, because America's one is such a high demand because there's so many people in America Obviously. that they're focused on America. The European factory had shortages, and we did not get any new... No, they were updating it. Were they? Yeah, they I... were doing... What happens is they were cutting our... They are doing re renovations in it, so mm -hmm. it's going to lower our cut now, but we're going to get more in the long term. Okay, I see. Yeah. Well... Here's the That's problem. the last thing I heard. Here's the problem with that analysis, though. At least for us, maybe. But European countries called the European factory and called Pfizer and spoke to them directly. Yep. And their cuts were not eliminated. They had reductions. Like, yeah. For example, last uh, last week Trudeau announced that this week, this is the week, the first week of February, we're only going to be receiving seventy eight percent of the expected Moderna vaccine doses. And but why is that? That's just, that's because of supply shortages. Oh. And I understand that things come up in the real world, but when you look around at other countries, and all these countries are fighting tooth and nail for their supply, and they're getting more or less what they mm. got, whereas Trudeau has basically mandate, relegated the dealings between the companies and can the government of Canada to a minister instead of handling it personally, I don't understand that at all. I will agree with you on the surface. But as someone who has worked in a factory, mm -hmm. I understand how things can get derailed. Oh, absolutely. And I, how, I will say, it is, I, I would have, if I were in Trudeau's shoes, I'd argue more so that, hey, maybe, you know, cut everyone's equally. Exactly. That's, I'm, yeah. I, or at least proportional to population. Yeah. Let me be a bit clearer. I do think that, you know what, supply side issues happen all the time. And you know what, especially when this is probably the most... The most sought-after commodity right now for the global economy, right? I, 
Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So, I, of course, when you have that much demand, the supply is going to be squeezed. But what I'm seeing is that, you know, Trudeau just isn't caring. At least it feels like that, you know? It's just a bit ridiculous. Because all these other countries are getting still their, what they basically amounts. Allotted amounts. amounts. Sure, they're taking some cuts, but they're not taking as much cuts as us. And I think that it's Trudeau's job to stand up for us. I will agree with you that it is Trudeau's job as Prime Minister, or I should say our, whatever we would call our Secretary of, the Cabinet Minister for State. Yeah, the National Security, whatever. Whatever yeah. our, our equivalent is, yeah. Well, no, ours isn't, the American version isn't National Security, it's the Secretary of State. Well, National yeah, security right. is yeah others, but <laughs> whatever they are, they should be handling this and be, uh, going to the factories, going to the people purchasing it. Yeah, they should be up to bat. You know, like yeah. I, I, I feel like, and I know this is very subjective, but mm-hmm. from what I from what I've seen and from how everything's been presented, it seems that Trudeau is just basically the companies are saying, "Look, our vaccine, our supply is being short." Are short you're not receiving any. And Trudeau doesn't even ask questions. Or at least it seems like that. And the thing that annoys me quite a lot is the fact that the the, the cable news media in Canada yeah. here hasn't really been calling him on it. Like, if you look at... Like, there was a CTV tweet that basically said, Trudeau, our vaccine plan is well underway. And it's like, the average across Canada, I believe, was about, about 2%. Ontario's is 1.2% of people so far have received a dose of the vaccine. And if you look at places like America and other places in, like, the UK has been kicking kicking ass at this. Like, the well, UK's they also been, had a bit of a head start, to be fair. Yeah. But the, like, the United States and the UK and other countries have been basically, like, blowing right past us as far as vaccinating people. And especially considering we, the, the media went to bat for Trudeau back in, I want to say, like, September. Or, no, 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 it was December when O'Toole made a comment about how Canada's vaccine supply was not enough. And the media said, look, if you look at the numbers, we've actually secured more vaccines per, per per million people than any other country because we've diversified quite well. And I think, you know what, that fair enough. They're allowed to do that, right? But to see them now basically not even care when things aren't going bad, I think is just ridiculous. Well, I think it also because I was seeing for the longest time that Trudeau... They Trudeau was told this by Pfizer, but then an updated amount mm-hmm. came out that they would be able to get us this, and then it slowly got reduced. Yeah. So I think actually on the surface, when you look at it backwards, what the media is saying is is that we are more on track than we were, or we were supposed to be, but we aren't on track from what we were promised the second time, mm-hmm. which is I think the big disparage between. Yeah. Well, I think that overall, or I should say what the distance is. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think overall. Like I said, if you compare us to other countries that are in similar positions numbers-wise, like like I said, the United States, and well, the United States has even, has hit, been hit even harder by coronavirus than we have, or like the UK, for example, like there's no excuse for why our vaccination effort isn't going as well. And if, and if there's a reason for it, it is that the government did not coordinate it well enough. Well, the problem is, is that Canada is such a large country. Yes. And we have such a small population. That is true. Except our population density in the dense areas, i.e. Like, centered around Toronto, basically where we are, is basically 60% of the country's population. Yeah, yeah, but 
to be fair, America has the exact same problem. No, so I would argue more so because their population is higher, but even more polarized. Well, not, not necessarily more polarized, but you know what I mean. Like their cities. The point are, is, it isn't in, in no one, and not everyone, not sixty percent of America lives in the New York area. Yeah, that is true. But I, I do think that it just says that you know what, the Trudeau government really dropped the ball on this. Yes. We'll see if things pick up as people have said it will, and if it does, I will be sure to come. To on the show say you know what I was wrong, and that Trudeau does, has done well, and to and I do think Trudeau has done well in a number of other issues like how he's handled closing things and setting restrictions hasn't been perfect with travel, but I think at the beginning operating on the intel intelligence and stuff that he knew he did the best that he could. I'll agree with you there. Yeah. So I do think he deserves some credit in the handling, but I think if we are stuck in this thing for another like month longer than places like the UK and the United States, I think that's a little that's definitely Trudeau's fault and I think that the media should have to have him answer for that. That's fair. I, I do agree. Is when, again, someone makes a mistake, you should call them on it. Exactly. And actually that's something I find hilarious is uh, let's bring it back actually to the provincial. Yeah. Doug Ford and the wench of a woman uh, for the NDP, I Oh, Horvath. Yes. Oh. I swear, we could cap Ontario's carbon emissions by 50% if we just taped your mouth shut. You're not wrong. Because, oh my word, Doug Ford, I am i don't like Doug Ford. I like his policies to some extent, but I don't like the man himself. Yeah, I, I'll give and you that. And I have seen him, throughout the pandemic, practice what he preached. Exactly. Has he made a wrong decision? Absolutely. And should he be lambasted for that... Probably. Yeah, people should, like, hold him to account for the, the mistakes he makes, right? He's a public official, right? But but he definitely does seem to believe what he's saying and follow what his rules are, which is more than I can say for the majority of politicians, especially south of the border. And moreover, I find it hilarious that Andrew Horvath has just been trying to rail on him, rail on him, rail on him, rail on him about every minute detail hmm. without putting anything out to back her up without anything else. She's just been attacking someone without anything to come up with it. Exactly. You know? to, to quote, again, I've been I've referenced Hamilton already once, but they don't if you don't like my plan, you know, they don't uh, they don't have a plan. They just hate mine. Yeah, exactly. I do understand that the uh, the goal of the opposition has to be at some point to attack the to to go directly after the uh, the party who's in power. Of course. But at the same time, you can't just say this is bad. You need to actively Again, you suggest need, alternatives. and You need to actively suggest alternatives, and when the time comes up to actually that they've made a mistake, hold them to it. But she has done neither. Mm -hmm. She just randomly attacks, picks something to attack, and then goes for it. Yep. Well, I think, I you know, this might be just subjective. Of because course. I don't think Doug Ford, most people I knew weren't like huge Doug Ford fans. No. And the, they, sure, the Conservative Party gained power in Ontario. But I could definitely see, like, after he was elected, I could definitely see a path to which the NDP or the Liberals, actually, probably the Liberals, because they, they have to do a lot of restructuring, but I could see yeah. a path where a left-wing party would take power again in the next election. Now, and if you ask the me today... The greatest thing I, to happen to Doug Ford was COVID. Yeah. And I don't mean that in the way of, like, the same way the greatest thing to happen to Amazon was. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest thing to happen to Doug Ford was that he was able to show people what they were, what they were refusing to see, is that, you know what... He, at the very least, seems like a man of principle. 
Yeah. It's like, there are things about his uh, his policies I disagree with. I think he favors big businesses too much with his COVID restrictions. Absolutely. But, but at the same time, you know what? He He's not, like, taking a vacation to, 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 the, to the Caribbean, you know? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, the person, the the person from I want to say Mississauga who flew down to Florida. Yes, yes. Oh, there's oh oh, and that's another thing as well. Ford's been good at holding his own people to yep. account for that. Like, like I, I said before, I don't think that I think there are lots of things that shouldn't get kicked out of a caucus. But I think you know violating the province's law. That's one of them. Put forward by the by the party in the caucus itself, because in Ontario we the Conservatives do have a majority government. Yep. They basically pass whatever they want to pass. Yep. They passed those laws and they passed those restrictions. If you voted for it, you should have to deal with it too. Yep. And to be fair, Doug Ford, like I, like we've said, Doug Ford has, and he's held people to account that haven't, which yes. is a big problem I've seen in the United States about politicians who put massive restrictions on their cities and then what was don't it? Care. What, what was her name? The who, governor the, of California. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's his name, right? I, I don't know. Well, there's the governor I thought Cal- it was a female, if no. I'm being honest. The governor, of Cal- uh, the governor of California was had like 20 people over at his house. No masks, nothing. And you know what? If your rules allowed for that, and you put forward restrictions that said no more than 20 people in a house, masks are not required with more than masks are only required in public spaces and private spaces, even if you have people from outside, it's fine. You know yeah. what? No problem. That's your You're being rules. A- People, I, I think that that's a little bit uh, lax on the restrictions. Obviously. But you know what? You're following your own rules. But when you specifically tell people, only five people in your house, and they can only be family members, or only packs of five people, and you are only supposed wear masks, to... Self- all this stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. And of course, not to take away anything from wearing a mask. If you, of course. If you, if you are medically able to breathe while wearing a mask, you should wear a mask. Yes. Because it will help stop people from getting sick. For the longest time, I was actually able to get away with, at Lowe's at least, um, being able to take off, having people take off their mask, mm-hmm. because uh, I am partially deaf, and where I was working in the lumber yard, it was very hard to hear, so we'd have to read each other's lips. Yeah. And we were also outside. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like, like I said, I, I want to make it clear so that people don't listen to this and be like, oh, they're anti-maskers because we're questioning the level of restriction. But no, that's not it at all. We... Thomas and I both agree that masks are good. Exactly. And I think that the biggest problem with politicians is being able to put your money where your mouth is. Yep. You know? And we see this with, um, what's her name? Nancy Pelosi. Remember the hair salon? You yes, that? that's what I was thinking yeah, of. That's the Nancy Pelosi hair salon stuff. Bit. Yeah, where she had all these places closed in her district and she was lobbying the government, the federal government, to impose restrictions. Yep. And then, I say lobby, she was... She was trying to get Trump to be it to, pa- she to was agree po- to pass something. Leaning on people to get people to get things restrictions, to happen. right? And then she goes and she tells this one salon, "Open just for me and cut my hair because I need it." Yep. And you know, it's just it's ridiculous. But yeah, let's hopefully. I I will say I do wish the Trudeau government the best in their vaccine rollout because I am so over this, as I'm sure everyone else is. Yep. But yeah, hopefully I. I hope he grows grows a spine and becomes able to stand up to these to these companies that Hopefully. are trying to give us the short end of the stick. Of course. And that brings us to the end of our episode this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, leave us a like on, or a rating, I should say, on wherever you're listening to this. Yes. Thank you. It greatly helps us out as we try to grow the podcast. 
I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you guys again next week.